Dads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Father, last night I forged for myself a belt. Oh, indeed, Odin. We are not so very wicked. Look here, dear brother Lord. I am the genius of clouds and sunshine. The men of the earth are idle and stupid. Greetings, Junior Scholars. I am Sir Bradley Hassey, guardian of the written word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. And a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode, especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five bucks a month. The best way to help the show, though, is to tell a friend and ask them to listen. If you want to reach me, send me a letter to P.O. Box 1153, Crown Point, Indiana, 46308. Any listener who sends it an art project based on a story will in return receive some Junior Classics bookmarks. Now today, we continue Northern Sagas with the myth, the dwarves, and the fairies. But before we get to the story... Lost and found words! Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is idle with an I, idle. This means to avoid work or be lazy. Odin describes the men of the earth as idle or lazy. Our next word is husbandman. This is a man who cultivates the land, a farmer, a husbandman. Our next word is pert with a P. This means attractively lively or cheeky. You could also say perky, stylish, or saucy. The dwarves and fairies are unaware of Odin's intentions with them, so they put on their pertest or most attractive manners. Our next word is beckon with a B, beckon. This means to make a gesture with the hand, arm, or head to encourage someone to come nearer or follow. Odin beckons or gestures for the dwarves and fairies to approach him. And our last word today is entice with an E, entice. This means to attract or tempt by offering pleasure or advantage. So you could also say lure or allure. Enticing music plays as Frey and Freya appear on the scene. That's all for today's Lost and Found Words. Now on to the show. The Dwarves and the Fairies The earth is very beautiful, said Odin from the top of his throne. Very beautiful in every part, even to the shores of the North Sea. But alas, the men of the earth are puny and fearful. 
At this moment, I see a three-headed giant striding out of Jotunheim. He throws a shepherd boy into the sea and puts the whole of the flock into his pocket. Now he takes them out again one by one and cracks their bones as if they were hazelnuts. Whilst all the time, men look on and do nothing. Father, cried Thor in a rage. Last night I forged for myself a belt, a glove, and with which three things I will go forth alone to Judenheim. Thor went, and Odin looked again. The men of the earth are idle and stupid. There are dwarves and elves who live amongst them and play tricks which they cannot understand and do not know how to prevent. At this moment, I see a husbandman sowing grains of wheat in the furrows, while a dwarf runs after him and changes them into stones. Again, I see two hideous little beings who are holding underwater the head of one, the wisest of men, until he dies. They mix his blood with honey. They have put it into three stone jars and hidden it away. Then Odin was very angry with the dwarfs, for he saw that they were bent on mischief. So he called to him Hermod, his flying word, and dispatched him with a message to the dwarfs and light elves to say that Odin sent his compliments and would be glad to speak with them in his palace of Gladsheim upon a matter of some importance. When they received Hermod's summons, the dwarfs and light elves were very much surprised, not quite knowing whether to feel honored or afraid. However, they put on their pertest manners and went clustering after Hermod like a swarm of ladybirds. When they arrived in the great city, they found Odin descended from his throne and sitting with the rest of the Iser in the Judgment Hall of Gladsheim. Hermod flew in, saluted his master, and pointed to the dwarfs and elves hanging like a cloud in the doorway to show that he had fulfilled his mission. Then Odin beckoned the little people to come forward. Cowering and whispering, they peeped over one another's shoulders. Now running on a little way into the hall, now back again, half curious, half afraid. And it was not until Odin had beckoned three times that they finally reached his footstool. Then Odin spoke to them in calm, low, serious tones about the wickedness of their mischievous propensities. Some, the very worst of them, only laughed in a forward-hearted manner. But a great many looked up surprised and a little pleased at the novelty of serious words, while the light elves all wept, for they were tender-hearted little things. At length, Odin spoke to the two dwarfs by name, whom he had seen drowning the wise man. Whose blood was it that you mixed with honey and put into jars? Oh, said the dwarfs, jumping up into the air and clapping their hands. That was Kavasia's blood. Don't you know who Kavasia was? He sprang up out of the peace made between the Vanir and yourselves and has been wandering about these seven years or more. So wise was he that men thought he must be a god. Well, just now we found him lying in a meadow, drowned in his own wisdom. So we mixed his blood with honey and put it into the three great jars to keep 
Was that not well done, Odin? Well done, said Odin. Well done, you cruel, cowardly, lying dwarves. I myself saw you kill him. For shame, for shame. And then Odin proceeded to pass sentence upon them all. Those who had been the most wicked, he said, were to live henceforth a long way underground and were to spend their time in throwing fuel upon the great earth's central fire, while those who had only been mischievous were to work in the gold and diamond mines, fashioning precious stones and metals. They might all come up at night, Odin said, but must vanish at the dawn. Then he waved his hand, and the dwarfs turned round, shrilly clattering, scampering down the palace steps, out of the city, over the green fields, to their unknown deep buried earth homes. But the light elves still lingered, with upturned, tearful, smiling faces, like sunshiny morning dew. And you, said Odin, looking them through and through with his serious eyes. And you. Oh, indeed, Odin, interrupted they, speaking all together in quick, uncertain tones. Oh, indeed, Odin, we are not so very wicked. We have never done anybody any harm. Have you ever done anybody any good? Oh, no, indeed. We have never done anything at all. You may go then, to live among the flowers and play with wild bees and summer insects. You must, however, find something to do, or you will get to be mischievous like the dwarves. If only we had anyone to teach us, for we are such foolish little people. Odin looked round inquiringly upon the Iser, but among them there was no teacher found for the silly little elves. Then he turned to Njord, who nodded his head good-naturedly, and then he strode out of the judgment hall, right away through the city gates, and sat down upon the mountain's edge. After a while, he began to whistle in a most alarming manner, louder and louder, in strong wild gusts, now advancing, now retreating. Then he dropped his voice a little, lower and lower, until it became a bird-like whistle, low, soft, enticing music, like a spirit's call. And far away from the south, a little fluttering answer came, sweet as the invitation itself, nearer and nearer until the two sounds dropped into one another. Then through the clear sky, two forms came floating, wonderfully fair, a brother and sister. Their beautiful arms twined round one another, their golden hair bathed in sunlight and supported by the wind. My son and daughter, said Njord proudly to the surrounding Iser. Frey and Freya, summer and beauty, hand in hand. When Frey and Freya dropped upon the hill, Njord took his son by the hand, led him gracefully to the foot of the throne, and said, Look here, dear brother lord. What a fair young instructor I have brought for your pretty little elves. Odin was very much pleased with the appearance of Frey. But before constituting him king and schoolmaster of the Light Elves, he desired to know what his accomplishments were and what he considered himself competent to teach. I am the genius of clouds and sunshine, answered Frey. And as he spoke, 
The essences of a hundred perfumes were exhaled from his breath. I am the genius of clouds and sunshine, and if the light elves will have for me their king, I can teach them how to burst the folded buds, to set the blossoms, to pour sweetness into the swelling fruit, to lead the bees through the honey passages of the flowers, to make the single ear a stalk of wheat, to hatch bird's eggs and teach the little ones to sing, all this and much more. I know and will teach them. Then answered Odin, It is well. And Frey took his scholars away with him to Elfheim, which is in every beautiful place under the sun. The end. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Until then, I am Sir Bradley Hesse. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten, so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to juniorclassicspodcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the Junior Classics. <laughs> and now a Nordic piece from our friends at Fantasy and World Music. <laughs>